What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And the timing for the playoffs was perfect. We are putting this episode out as game one of the finals is happening. So we're excited to do that. Uh, we're going to be talking about all about the NBA finals and this matchup between the Bucks and Suns, as well as talk about the teams that just recently got eliminated in the playoffs, that being the Hawks and Clippers. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And let me introduce you now to the rest of the crew. What is going on, guys? Eric, your ranting co-host here. Glad to be back for another episode. And the Clippers may have lost, but they did at least manage to avoid the rant from me because they made it to the Western Conference Finals. And after already having to rant on LeBron and Ben Simmons, I'm a little ranted out right now. So glad I didn't have to do that. But uh, definitely excited to bring you this finals matchup and hope you guys enjoy it. What is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And, you know, I'm excited that the Clippers are out just because now, you know, no matter who ends up winning the finals, I'm not going to, you know, be one of those fans who's mad at the end of the finals. Like, oh, God, this team won. Er, so, you know, thankfully got them out yeah. of the way. I can be OK with whoever ends up winning the finals. And, you know, it's going to be going to be a good series. But, you know, hopefully ends up being a little bit more competitive than I think it's going to be. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's that's going to be a prelude to what Connor is going to say later in the show, I'm guessing, um, <laughs> for how many games it will take to to get a champion. But uh, we'll go around the hoop, and like I said, we've been kind of doing this all playoffs where we talk about um, each of the teams that loses in the playoffs after they lose. You know, 16 teams started this playoffs. Now we're down to two, and the the two most recent teams to get eliminated were the Clippers and Hawks. So two different teams as far as expectations go. The Clippers, especially at the start of the season, were championship or bust type of mode. Um, then when they had the Kawhi injury, obviously there was less expectations on them to win. But still, they started out the season uh, with that championship uh, expectations. And then the Hawks, on the other hand, we were just thinking, OK, their expectation, just make the playoffs like that was their that was the thing for the Hawks. It was like, OK, you know, they missed the bubble last year, so they weren't even in the bubble, um, but they they have a good young team. We were thinking, OK, maybe they'll fight for a playoff spot. And then they ended up overachieving, in my opinion, in getting to this point. And the Clippers, to some, maybe underachieved others. Uh, might have overachieved or gotten to where people thought they would, like Eric had them predicting uh, them losing in this round. So um, I guess we'll talk about the Clippers first, guys. Um, so I just kind of want to get some opinions on what you guys think the Clippers should do in the offseason, like any specific moves that they should make, players that they need to bring back, players that they uh, need to go after or something like that. What kind of changes should the Clippers do? I'll start uh, with Eric. Um, how do they make Kawhi happy and get him to resign? Yeah, that's I mean, that was exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Was the, that's the number one priority? Okay, <laughs> they they have to get Kawhi Leonard to stay. Um, as we all know, and we talked about it in uh, the last episode. I mean, he is a weird guy and he is an unpredictable guy and you have no idea what he's thinking so I can't necessarily 
predict like what they would need to do to get him to stick around, but they need to be in contact with him or with uncle Dennis or whoever they need to talk to. And they need to keep him around. I know some people might say, Oh, well look how good they did without him. They came back and beat the jazz and then they, you know, hung in there and, you know, almost stole some games from the Suns and had a chance to win that series. Like, look how, and they did all that without Kawhi, but think of how good though they probably would have done if they had Kawhi, you know what I mean? I mean, they, they could have probably won that series against the Suns if they'd had him. So, and we'd be, we wouldn't even be talking about him right now. So that's priority number one. And I haven't looked at the contracts and everything. I don't know exactly who's on expiring deals or anything like that but i have to say reggie jackson and uh marcus morris played pretty well for them during this playoffs so i would make sure to keep them because i know some people are probably going to think the clippers need to make a bunch of trades or do something like that but i don't think there's too much they need to do i mean they've they've got a pretty good core group of players right now they should be getting uh sergi baka back next year um terrence Mann had some big games and especially that one against the jazz that was huge for them so they've got i would probably try to get rid of patrick beverly though like his i don't know man he's he's like you think Kawhi's a weird guy this guy seems even weirder to me i, I don't know <laughs> he's very hostile during the games and yeah uh he lets people get into his head like he had that play where he shoved chris paul like during the timeout and got ejected and all that like he's too much of a hothead i mean uh so i would probably get rid of him uh and other than occasionally being good on defense it's not like he does much for them anyway uh and i know luke Kennard has a bad contract like he had some okay games in the playoffs but his contract is really bad probably get rid of him too but um but the getting Kawhi, that's the first priority for sure like that number one <laughs> yeah Okay, Connor, um, I'll, I'll ask you this question because, Eric, you know, you're you're talking about more just like the basics, like they have to get Kawhi back. But in your opinion, do you think that they should try and trade Paul George for another sort of superstar somewhere like to have a major shift in the roster with a big trade or more keep Paul George? Let's see uh, if they're healthy again next year and try that and maybe just make some small minor adjustments on the team? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to them trying to trade Paul George. I mean, it just depends on what they can get for him. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I'm of the opinion, I think, that if they can't get Kawhi to come back, then I think, honestly, they should try and trade Paul George and just blow it up. Like, you know, okay, we couldn't bring Kawhi back. Paul George isn't our future. We're starting over. Like, I mean, because they have some nice young pieces there with, you know, Reggie Jackson and um, Terrence Mann and all these people that they can sort of try and build a team around in the future. But as of if Kawhi stays, I don't know. Like I said, I wouldn't be opposed to trading him, but I don't know if you know doing that would really um, you know turn Kawhi off from the Clippers at that point because obviously they are very good friends. Because um, I'm sure they could get a lot for him. I don't know if they could necessarily get another superstar for him, just because I think you know at least not someone that's on his level. Um, just because it's kind of hard to trade superstar for superstar. Like it's more so if you're going to trade a superstar, you're going to get like a first round pick 
maybe two, and then like, you know, a couple other role players. You're not really going to get another superstar at that point. Um, so if Kawhi leaves, yes. If Kawhi doesn't leave, I'm still up in the air. Um, I mean, and I can go off of like what Eric was talking about, like offseason moves for them. Like, I know one thing that they probably do need to do, you know, in addition to maybe getting rid of some of these bad contracts, <laughs> this is going to be a first you're ever going to hear from me. But honestly, I think they should look to, um, I don't know if he. I don't know if he was on a one-year deal or not. I have to look at this. Really yeah, quick, he's a. But wait, I know you're, you're about he's to a free say agent. What I think you're gonna say. Yeah, you're I, right. I, um, I, yeah, I'll say so, something after. <laughs> yeah, no, because I was saying that honestly, the way he fit into the team, I think they need to try and see if they can re-sign Nicholas Bum. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, well, and the other thing with him is that they know they can get him back on a cheap deal. Like, this isn't, you know, a situation like he was in with the Hornets where he was making, you know, $25 million and basically riding the bench. Um, You know, he's been able to do a lot more, I think, probably just because he's got two superstars around him. You know, when he was in Charlotte, um, you know, he did okay when Kemba was there. But once Kemba left and it was just like, you know, Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham and all these other kind of average guys, like, then he just fell off the map because it's like, okay, you know, we don't have to worry about Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James or anyone on this team or even Kemba Walker. Like our biggest threat is Terry Rozier of all people. So um, that's definitely, I think he's been in a good environment. If they can bring back him, uh, maybe on another one-year deal, that'd be great. They definitely do need to get more depth at center, um, you know, because like Eric said, Ibaka should be coming back. They still have Zubac, but they're really lacking in size outside of those two. I mean, cause Marcus Morris obviously is a bit undersized at power forward. Um, you know, they really need another big man to go along with them. And I mean, I actually have been seeing some interesting things that um, people want the Clippers to try and pursue Terry Rozier. I don't know if the Charlotte Hornets would be okay with that since Rozier was, you know, one of our biggest bright spots this year. Um, but, you know, always, if they're going to get rid of Patrick Beverly, then definitely trading for another point guard. Um, I don't know where that would come from, but, you know, maybe they can use Paul George like that if they want and maybe try and build, just try and build a team around Kawhi. Because, I mean, you know, Kawhi's obviously, you know, I don't, Paul George is not the kind of player you can build a team around. Kawhi Leonard is the kind of player you can build a team around. I mean, we saw it with the Raptors um, in 2019 the way he carried that team, basically. I mean, you know, Pascal Siakam has obviously gotten better since then, but um, at the time, like, it was really just Kawhi Leonard and a bunch of, you know, kind of average, like, borderline superstars, like, maybe getting there, maybe young, I don't know. But he carried that team, and he could carry this team if... And also getting rid of Paul George would open up a huge amount of cap space for them. I mean, he's set to make, like, $40 million next year. So, um, yeah, it's just... It's all there's a lot of circumstance that would go into trading Paul George or not, but um, there's other moves I think they could make instead that would help them a little bit more than that. Okay, I guess uh, for me to answer that question, if Kawhi Leonard wants Paul George gone to stay, <laughs> then I'm absolutely trading him. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> and I and I agree with Connor too that if Kawhi leaves, I would trade him too. But I I definitely agree with that. But if Kawhi says keep him, then I, I'm and I'll stay then I'm keeping him so it's all about what Kawhi wants <laughs> yeah that's he definitely has a strangle on the management there it's you know he has that kind of power 
where he can basically, you know, be like, okay, I want my family on the flights. You know, I want courtside seats for my wife and kids. You know, he's got all sorts of privileges like that. Anything you can think of, he's getting that treatment. Um, So I've got two kind of major and really big proposals for the Clippers. And I'm curious to see what your guys' reactions are going to be to these. So first one is like a basketball decision. And it's a it's a Paul George uh, mock trade. I would trade like Paul George and probably, you know, you'd have to throw in some other pieces to try and get Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards. Um, I think that's a realistic sort of move that they could get to do like a superstar for superstar swap. And then you have, I think Bradley Beal is a lot better than Paul George is. And, and then give him a chance to shine in the playoffs with Kawhi, be that number two option for the Clippers. And then that makes for an interesting reunion with Paul George and Russ in Washington. Oh my but, God. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay, OKC Thunder. Part that's just how it happened. And that's just how it happened and turned out. But, you know, you hear, you hear all the time with Bradley Beal being frustrated uh, with his situation in Washington. They've always had a bad team around him there. So I think he's a guy that's wanting to pair up with another superstar. And I mean, technically I, he already is, but you know, I wouldn't call Russ a superstar. But, <laughs> that's why I said uh, technically. Yeah. He, would depends once on who, he once on who, was a superstar, but it not depends any. on who you ask. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about that? I'll start with Eric. Um, if you think that that's a good trade for them. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. And I mean, and I think that actually would be a good trade for the Wizards, too, if they were to get something else besides Paul George. Like, obviously, I would if I'm the Wizards, I yeah. wouldn't want to just do a Paul George for Bradley Beal swap. Like, you'd have to give me something else. But I know for the Wizards, it's harder for them to get, you know, talent with the market that they're in. And, you know, they a lot of big names like don't want to go there. So if I can get Paul George and something else and then uh, well, I was going to say a draft pick, but I know the Thunder like have most of the Clippers eligible draft picks, but uh, <laughs> parents man. Or... Yeah. Well, actually, I think a lot of the ones the Thunder got from the Clippers were ones that the Heat had given them. So I think the Clippers do have some draft picks, but yeah, maybe a wild card, like how when the Thunder traded Paul George away and they got Shea, like, yeah, somebody like a, you know, like a Terrence Mann or a, well, I would say Reggie Jackson, but they have Russ, but, or, you know, somebody like that. Zubach um, maybe, or. And probably yeah, not Zubach, I know he but, doesn't have much value anymore. <laughs> no, no. Nick Batum. Yeah, Nick Bum, you know, so that, I think that would be a good, especially if Bradley Beal really does one out. So I know when we, when the Wizards got eliminated, we talked about what do they need to do and uh, making Bradley Beal happy was like the number one thing but if there's nothing that they can do to make him happy and they have to trade him i think that would be a pretty good avenue for them i mean uh, what do you i think? will i must say i will say just you know because you kind of hit on everything there but i mean it obviously would be a good trade i think for both sides but that would definitely be a situation where clippers are getting definitely hella ranted on if they don't even make the finals when they have that team like I yeah, Paul, <laughs> that would definitely be even more championship robust than this year had been with Paul George and Kawhi. Like if they get Kawhi and Bradley Beal, like they better be making the finals or at least trying to make a run. Yeah. OK, so that's that's like my basketball solution for the Clippers. But then also 
you know, I've kind of thrown this around to you guys before, but I've never heard <laughs> I think your I know opinion where you're going with this. <laughs> okay, okay. Connor knows where I'm going, but hey, I, I think <laughs> this is this isn't gonna be like a next year thing. It's gonna take a little bit of time, obviously, but I think what they need to do, they have one of the the richest person in the world owning their team, Steve Ballmer. They need to build their own arena somewhere. It can either be somewhere else in LA that you know, LA is a huge city. So there's plenty of places in LA for them to put this well, arena. I don't know how much space is left in LA. Yeah, but I mean they'll 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 make some space for it. Um, he can buy where <laughs> whatever he wants, dude. You know how much money he has? Like that's true. Can, um, those those buildings don't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> the guy literally prints money. Um, but uh, <laughs> all right, I here's what they need. They need to build their own arena, establish their own independence as a team because i feel like playing in staples center it's always a lakers there it feels like they're playing in the lakers you know there they share the stadium the staples center but they need to be like an independent team have their own facility i mean i guess they already have their own facility, but their own true you know be their own team or they could even take it a step further and go down to like san diego or something but I think <laughs> they need to establish their their uh, fan base a little bit more and and recreate something new and and just get out of the shadow of the Lakers. I think that's seriously a problem is being in like a shadow of the Lakers. All the things in that uh, in the Staples Center are all Lakers stuff, all the jerseys and championship banners and everything. It's all Lakers and everything. So it's I think that's like an underrated thing that they need to do is, is become their own team. It's like, they're a minor league team. They're like the second team, you know, be branch out a little bit, do something new. I don't know. Do you guys think that that means anything or is that just, is that just uh, a a nice little, you know, facility upgrade or whatever? Like, what do you think? What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, you know, for years and years and years, you know, the Jets played at Giants Stadium at the Meadowlands. Like, you know, every time you'd go into the Jets Stadium, you'd still have, you know, all the all the blue and red and all that stuff. They're playing in the Giants home for years. And, you know, eventually they were able to while they still play in the same stadium as the Giants, you know, MetLife Stadium definitely is like a true, you know, Giants and Jets home. Like I saw a, a video of how they went through the transformation every time they did that. Like, you know, they were able to swap out the end zones. They swapped out all the lights or like, well, they didn't swap out the lights, but like they put different filters in. So that way, you know, you'd have all like jet stuff and like the merchandise stores, all the, you know, they had jets and giant stuff. So it truly is like a two team home. I'm sure SoFi stadium is the same way with the Rams and chargers, but you're right. But since Staples center has been there for so long, it's kind of like that situation with the giant stadium, at the Meadowlands, like, you know, the Clippers just kind of came in and, you know, took up residence in the Lakers' arena, and they, it's never changed. And I think it is important because, you know, when you're going to a game and there's a lot of – I don't know how often I've seen this, but, I mean, like, you can go into a game, you know, a Clippers home game, and a lot of the fans there are actually, like, rooting against the Clippers because they're just Lakers fans that live in L.A., and, you know, they live, you know, near the Staples Center. They just want to go to a game. But they're all like a lot of Lakers fans that go there that are obviously rooting against the Clippers because they're such big rivals. So, um, you know, 
I don't know what they could do. Like you said, if they could get another arena somewhere in LA, or maybe if they want to relocate, I don't know if I'd go to San Diego, but maybe if they want to go to Las Vegas, because <laughs> you know, there's yeah. a popular thing that teams moving to Las Vegas, you know, they've got the golden Knights and the Raiders. So why not be the Las Vegas Clippers? Um, I mean, I do agree. I think that is an important thing to just have, you know, somewhere that is truly your home because you're right. It's they're living in the Lakers home. <laughs> All yeah, right, Eric, the, the, you problem, agree? the problem with this compared to like the NFL thing, while the Giants and Jets have more of a shared thing now, like Connor was talking about, it's still even then it's not as big of a deal because with the Jets and the Giants, you know, they're teams that are in two different conferences. Like, yeah, right. they're, rival, they're rivals because of the end state thing. You know, when they play every four years, you know, it's a big deal when they play each other and all that. But like, unless they meet up in the Super Bowl, like, you know, that, that, it's that's like, funny. Which I mean, obviously, right now, that's not going to happen. But I mean, you know, maybe sometime <laughs> while we're still alive, you know, like that could happen. That's still a hilarious thought. Then, then, <laughs> then that would be a huge deal. But with the Clippers, you know, they're rivals with the Lakers. They play each other four the times. Same division. Year. Yeah, they're in the same division. They play each other four times every year. You know, and when you're when you've had nowhere near the success that the Lakers have had, like. I agree with you guys. They need to find their own identity. And I, I think getting out of LA would be the best thing. I mean, I know some people might say that suicide because of how big LA's market is, but when you're the inferior team in the market, like it doesn't really matter. I mean, and the Clippers missed out on their chance because when Kobe was like injured a lot and past his prime and the Lakers were struggling and then they were really struggling after he retired and everything. And even the first year that LeBron was there, uh, they had their struggle, a lot of uh, struggles, like out on some good chances, like when they had like CP3 and Blake Griffin. And uh, well, it wasn't even uh, just the Lakers that were struggling at that time, too. It was like the King. I mean, the Kings always struggle, but like the Suns were struggling because they were, you know, their their big three had broken up, like no more Stoudemire, no more Nash, like the Suns. uh powerhouse team in the mid 2000s were broken down the warriors weren't quite what they were in you know the late 2010s yeah. like you know they had some good opportunities there kind of between like 2012 and 2012 to 2015 or so where they really could have done some damage and they didn't yeah because let's say if like back when that was going on if the clippers had managed to win a couple championships and then the lakers were having trouble getting any big names to come to their team but then if the clippers win a couple championships with that cp3 and blake griffin led team then like they become a more attractive market than the lakers and maybe if that had happened they still would have had a long ways to go because of just how long and deep the lakers history is but like that could have been a big shift but then they didn't win anything they didn't even get to a conference finals or anything and then of course then they all left and and then, of course, then the Lakers got LeBron and AD. And then, you know, obviously, even though the Clippers had a better season technically this year, like the Lakers are still obviously far superior and always will be. So as much as I hate to say that. So <laughs> uh, the, the, the Clippers need to they they should consider it. I mean, like Zach said, you know, with as rich as their owner is like, you know, for him, it's like, who cares? Like buying a new arena would be like me he could buy chicken. like half the nba teams if he really like that's not yeah. you're not allowed to do that but he could like 
Yeah, like how much like, money this guy has. Him like, like him moving the team to another city and buying an arena is like me going to Chick-fil-A and getting a sandwich <laughs> and fries. Okay. Like, <laughs> so like he can afford it if he really wants to. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Like I, I don't even I don't think they should even get an arena in the same city because you know, like Connor talked about with Lakers fans going to the games and yeah, yeah. the same thing. Like they need to get a whole new fan base, new new deal, like that's what Go, they hey, do. hey. Go up to Seattle. How about that? Yeah, like, become the new Supersonics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, because that's a that's obviously a market that has a strong NBA fan base. Yeah. I think Vegas is more likely I, to get an expansion team, but I think Seattle is going to get a, a relocation team, whether it be um, the Kings or maybe the Clippers. And plus, I think that's where Microsoft, they're out of like Seattle, right? So uh, it feels like it would it'd be a good match. Um, so that's and they stay in the West, obviously, you know, but uh, well, yeah, I just don't want to change conferences. Or yeah, anything, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so that that works on all all the fronts. Sh- the, um, the Carolina Clippers. Oh, <laughs> Wait, Zach, if the if the Clippers relocate to Seattle, are you going to become a Seattle fan then over Portland? No, no. no I, okay. Not, not a, <laughs> I know not your dad will. I know, I know your dad will, but. Um, yeah, not not the Clippers though. I don't like them, but uh, they won't. If be they the got Clippers, an expansion, Zach, they'll, team, they'll, I'd be cool they'll, with that. But. They'll they'll be the Supersonic Zach. They won't be the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, Damian, watch, watch Lillard, five years that happens now. Damian Lillard's gonna go join that team, you know. <laughs> then Zach right. will be a fan of them. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's move on to the Hawks quickly, guys. Before we get to the finals, it's already been almost thirty minutes uh, talking about the uh, the Clippers relocating. But uh, so the Hawks, guys, what what move should the Hawks make? And do you think it's realistic for them to be back in this situation? Because I saw I've seen tweets and Instagram posts that are like, this is just the beginning. The Hawks are here to stay. Like when I see this sort of stuff, I think to myself, like they didn't they say the same thing about the Miami Heat last year? Like (laughs) there's no guarantee the Hawks are going to be back, in my opinion. I guess I'll throw it to Connor first. Connor, do you think it's. Um, where do you think the Hawks go from here? Is this the ceiling? How much do they have to improve to get past the past this and into the finals? If they had to face the Nets, would they have even made it this far? Like talk to talk to us about the Hawks and then any any sort of glaring moves that you think they need to make in the offseason. I mean, I think the comparisons to the Heat are a little bit uh I don't know, not they don't have a lot of merit in them just because I feel like they're so different. Like, and at these times, like the heat, you know, when they made their championship run last year, like they were, you know, obviously they had some young pieces with like Tyler hero and um, some of those other and bam out bio. But like, for the most part, they were an older team, like, you know, Goran Dragic, like Jimmy Butler's getting up there in age. Like, you know, this is, this Hawks team is a young up and coming team. They have a lot of, you know, first round picks on this team that are, you know, just coming of age. Um, you know, really, I wouldn't do too much if I was them. Honestly, I think obviously, I think getting more defensive help for them would be good. Um, like, I don't know. Obviously, if they could get another superstar to come join Trey Young, that would be fantastic. But I'm not sure that's really a realistic goal, um, given that Atlanta is not exactly a bright market or anything. Like, it, there's no one's going. Oh, I want to go to Atlanta. Like, Atlanta is such an alluring market. So um, that's probably out of the question. But 
yeah, I think if they just keep it the path they're going, I don't think, yeah, if they would have run into like the Nets, I don't think they would have made it. I think the Sixers were probably like the best case scenario for them because, I mean, we saw what happened when they played the Bucks. Like, you know, they were competitive, but I think it always was, you know, the Bucks were going to win that series, even if it wasn't for the injuries. But I mean, you know, even without Giannis and Trey Young playing, I mean, not 100% Trey Young, but he did still play. The Bucks still managed to win. So, um, and yeah, especially if they had gone up against the Nets when they were fully healthy, like it, no question, they would have been probably, I, I don't know if they would have been swept, but it, like five games would have been the case. Mm-hmm. So, um, just continue the development, honestly, like maybe bring in a couple, I think I said like a couple episodes ago, like maybe try and bring in like a veteran presence, like a veteran. I don't know what position exactly, but Vince Carter, he's not coming back. He was <laughs> <tired>. <laughs> yeah. But just bring in like, you know, like a veteran player, maybe like a former all-star, you know, someone who's, you know, not quite at that level anymore, but someone you can bring in who's affordable to kind of mentor these young players because, and, you know, I can see these young players turning into something. I don't know if they're going to go on this same kind of run next season. Um, you know, I think that's a little bit too tall of a task to ask, like you were saying, that they're going to be back in the Eastern Conference Finals next season. But I could definitely see it two to three years from now. They could be back in this position again. We could be talking about the Hawks like, all right, the Hawks are, you know, contenders in the East. You know, can they take down, you know, whoever is the big team at that time? You know, who knows if the Nets are still going to be together at that time? So, um I can definitely see good things for the future of this team. It just, it's just going to take time. It's not going to happen immediately. Like a lot of these people are saying. Eric, do you want to add anything else to the Hawks? Is there any like glaring moves that you think they should make kind of just develop um, the young guys? Um, Cause it's yeah, a very the, young the, roster. This is, uh, you know, tricky because yeah, they do have a lot of young guys and obviously you want to see them continue to develop, but, I just don't know if the current roster that they have is good enough to win a championship, especially with how the Bucks have gotten better now. Like they seem to have found their right roster. Obviously, they're in the finals now. And then, obviously, the Nets, when KD and Harden and Kyrie are all healthy, you know, when they're all healthy, you know, they're a lethal team. And, you know, hopefully for the 76ers' sake, they're going to get rid of Ben Simmons. And, uh, you know, get somebody that gels better with the team and maybe they'll finally not choke, but like they've got a really good team on paper. So I just don't know if what the Hawks have is good enough. And if I were them, what I would look to do, I don't know, like what kind of suitors might be available, but if I were them, I would be willing to package like two or three of these guys on their team to, ship to another team for a superstar uh i would be to pair with trey young i so you want a superstar like on trey young's level or like a guy is trey young gonna be the number one uh well i mean i doubt i doubt there's any like superstars yeah. available that are better than trey young but if you can at least get somebody that's like at his level like i don't know because like some some of these guys are good but then the problem is is there, as you saw in the playoffs, when these role players like weren't, I don't want to say role players because they're younger guys. They could be up and coming and could be better than role players. But, you know, some of these starters on this Hawks team like would disappear at times. And when that happened, then obviously they lost. And 
it's, you know, you have the advantage in one sense to be like, man, all it takes is a couple of them to go off. You know, even if three of two or three of them are struggling, if two of them go off, they can still win. But then what happens when all of them, you know, struggle like, and Trey Young's not going to go to carry the team by himself, especially because, uh, you know, he is lacking in the defensive area as well. I definitely agree with Connor. They do need to get some defensive help, but, I don't know, man. I I would be willing to package two or three of these guys, like say maybe like, uh, like Herder and uh, Bogdanovich and like Gallinari or something like that. Like I would be willing, especially because Gallinari is older too. Like he probably isn't in like the long term future plans. For well, them. you probably instead of Gallo, you'd probably have to throw in like Collins or Capella because mm-hmm. like I don't think Gallo is going to garner much value at this point in his career. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's true. He he did he had some like key moments in games, but he wasn't like consistent through the whole time. But that's the way like all of them were. So, <laughs> uh, I but yeah, that that would be what I would try to do. And then if I'm not able to find any takers or anything, then I would uh, you know keep developing and hope that you know they can get to the next stage. But I I do. Uh, mostly agree with Connor about the Hawks and heat comparison, definitely not being the same thing, but I do worry about them in the sense that maybe they did overachieve though. And it them getting like, if they were to keep the exact same team, I don't think they would get to the Eastern conference finals again. I don't think they would do like the heat did and get swept in the first round or anything. I think they would be better than that, but I don't, think they would get back like people that are like thinking that this team alone is going to be good enough to get back i would be i'd be a little worried about that all right guys um let's move on now we're like 30 minutes into this and talk about the nba finals so hopefully you've stuck around to listen to our thoughts about the nba finals so let me go ahead and pull that up real quick so unless you've been living under under a rock if um you lost internet for a week or something the finals are the bucks and the suns um known that for a couple of days now and it's interesting the schedule for the finals like there's a lot of day or a lot of like two days in between games so this could drag on a long time if it ends up going seven games uh, like three weeks potentially even i think um trying to get yeah, they're trying to they want to get those tv ratings up they want Giannis to come back that's yeah it <laughs> it's definitely advantageous for Giannis to come back um later in the series but uh i will go ahead and start with my predictions and kind of say how i think the series is going to go and then i'll turn it over to you guys and and see what you guys have to say about it but I am going to pick the Phoenix Suns to win this. I ever since the Suns beat the Denver Nuggets, they have and the Nets lost in the playoffs. I'll say that too. Once the Nets got eliminated and the Suns swept the Nuggets, I've been on the train that Phoenix is going to win the NBA Finals and obviously there's been injuries that have helped them get to this point and that are going to help them at the start of this series, but I'm still picking the Suns. I just think they have the most complete team all around um, with Booker, Aiton, Chris Paul. That's three legit uh, players on their starting five. They have a deep team as well. Good coaching, uh, which matters, in my opinion, once you get once you get this far in the playoffs. And 
I'm going to say it's going to go. I, I will say it goes six games. So I'm going to say Suns and six. I think the Bucks will probably win like game three and maybe game five or something like that. Um, or game four, and then the Suns win two in a row, something around, something along those lines. But I think the Suns get the lead to start the series, and then I think they end up closing it out. And I will go ahead and predict CP3 to win the MVP. I think um, he's obviously going to get the sympathy vote since he's, you know, such a he's an old veteran player, uh, never been to the finals before. It's like. It's, you know, Booker still has a long career ahead of him. I think, I think as silly as that sounds, like it actually matters to the voters that do these uh, awards. And so I'm going to say CP3 wins. Uh, I do think he'll contribute enough to earn it, but he's going to get the benefit of the doubt, in my opinion. If it's, if it's close, if you can make an argument for CP3 and Booker or DeAndre Ayton or something like that, like if it's close, the tie goes to CP3, in my opinion. Um, and I think overall the series is going to be, I'm going to say it's going to be, there's going to be different games. So there's going to be, like I, like I said, originally, like an X factor, in my opinion, like the Jay Crowder game, like it game six in the, against the Clippers. Now they obviously ended up blowing them out, but Jay Crowder hit like five of six, for, from three in the first half um, in that game six closeout. And Cameron Payne had a really good game. Like, it's going to be all these different... Uh, I'm just going to say the X factors for the Suns are like the non-main uh, contributors. Like, all those guys, um, all, all, the, all those random Suns players, I think each of them are going to have, like, their game. They're not there's not going to be one that like stays throughout consistently every game. I think it's going to be a different one every game. So I'm going to say those are the X factors because the games that they show up, I think Aiton, Paul and Booker will always show up enough. It's going to come down to those guys to put the Suns over the top, both both offensively and defensively as well. And then for the Bucks point of view, um, I'm going to say the X factor I mean, I'll go with Middleton because he's going to we know Middleton's going to play in all the games and he has to play. He has to play like unbelievable, in my opinion, for them to win. So if Middleton doesn't play unbelievable, I don't think the Bucks have a chance. Um, so those are my X factors for the teams and my son's prediction. Uh, I'll give it over to Eric and and you can state your predictions and X factors. Yeah, so I also have the Suns winning in six games. My problem for the Bucks, uh, obviously not having Giannis for at least a chunk of the series is a big deal. And even if he comes back at some point to play in the series, he won't be 100%. I don't know if it would be enough to put them over the edge because if Giannis was healthy, I was going to go with the Bucks, But obviously that has change my perspective and my the biggest difference for me why I'm picking the Suns now besides the Giannis injury is just the inconsistency of the rest of the Bucks team whereas the rest of the Suns besides their like big three guys 
they seem to have been a lot more consistent throughout these playoffs than the Bucks role players have. Because, I mean, the Bucks even got destroyed in that one game against the Hawks where Giannis got hurt. But even before Giannis got hurt, they were getting blown out. And Trey Young wasn't even playing in that game. And then the problem was, was, I mean, Giannis didn't do good before he got hurt, but Middleton wasn't doing good in that game. And then none of the role players were really, Drew Holiday wasn't doing much. None of the other role players were really doing anything. And they got blown out. But then, you know, they had the game, the closeout game against the, or the last two games that they won against the Hawks. And like Brooke Lopez had that one game where he hit like 30 points, which he doesn't normally ever do. And Middleton was on fire and just everything was going right. But the problem is for me is just that the Bucks don't do that enough. So, but because they do it sometimes, I, I do think they are going to win a couple games. I don't know which, you know, ones like Zach predicted, like maybe three and five or something. I don't know, but um, I just don't think they're going to do it consistently enough. Whereas CP3 just seems to have this Suns team like locked in and Devin Booker should hopefully be better now. Like he had that uh, nose injury and had to wear that mask and he seemed off when that was happening, but you know, he should be fine by now. And him and Chris Paul both had explosive last games in that closeout game to uh, beat the Clippers, uh, which that had been what I was worried about then. They had a couple of inconsistent games there, but throughout the playoffs in general, they've been really consistent. I believe they are the better team going into this. And so Suns and Six uh, for X-Factors, uh for the Suns, it definitely does for me as well have to be Jay Crowder. Uh, and not just for like his shooting, like he does have times where he gets hot from three. But my other biggest thing for him besides that is he needs to watch his attitude on the court. Uh, he gets a lot of technical fouls. <laughs> he commits a yeah. lot of he commits a lot of dumb fouls and then argues with the ref about it, which then leads to technicals. Uh, I know he can be a smack talker and he tries to get in whoever he's guarding's head or whatever, but then a lot of times he lets them get in his own head and he, he get he has a lot of frustration with that. And, you know, in like a regular season game, or maybe if you're like up big in a series or something, like if you're up 20 in a game and you get a technical foul, okay, that's no big deal. But, you know, this is the NBA finals now. And I, I haven't paid attention to the number specifically, but. I know once you get so many technical fouls, you know, that you can get suspended for a game, which, you know, happened to Draymond in the series when they blew the lead to the Cavs and everything. And, you know, you don't want so I don't know how many he is away or he may not even be close, but, you know, I know he's gotten a lot of technicals, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's close. I mean, he just needs to be careful with that stuff and play smart and, not do the stupid stuff. So if he can avoid that, that'll be a big help uh, for the Suns. For the Bucks, my biggest X factor, I think I'm going to go with uh, Brooke Lopez. Uh, we saw how big of a difference he made in that game without Giannis when he put up like 30 points uh, or whatever it was, which he doesn't normally ever seem to do that. He's going to need to have some special performances like that in order for the Bucks to have a serious chance. Because like Zach said, obviously Middleton's going to have to be special. 
And Drew Holiday is going to have to be their number two option with Giannis out. We know that already, but they're going to need other people to step up too. And uh, Brooke Lopez is going to need to contain Aiden. Aiden gets a lot of offensive rebounds, which gives the Suns second looks. He's going to need to help limit those. Uh, he needs to play a big part for them. But so that those are my thoughts there. Uh, Connor, how do you feel? Yeah, so um, definitely, I mean, like you guys, I see this clip of Devin Booker on yeah. uh, the <laughs> computer here. But um, it's a yeah, good so, picture. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm also going with the Suns. Um, you know, it's really unfortunate that the Bucks don't have Giannis because like Eric, I would have been making an argument for why I think the Bucks were going to win. Um, but without Giannis, you know, at least for a majority of these playoffs, I don't realistically, realistically see the Bucks having a chance. Um, I'm honestly going to say the Suns are going to win this in five, just because I don't know if Giannis is actually going to come back. And if he does, he's probably going to have a situation happen like what happened to Kevin Durant a couple seasons ago, where like he'll probably come in and he'll try to do something like he'll probably try to get some he'll see an open lane in the transition and go, oh, like, you know, I'm going to go do what I normally do and drive to the bucket and get some big dunk and he's going to screw up his knee again. And, you know, that's going to be it for him. So um, so I say the Suns are going to do this in five. Um, you know, I think the Bucks maybe take like game three, probably, um, you know, get that first win at home. But then the Suns will win four and five. Um Really, I think the biggest X factor probably, I mean, you guys really hit on it with Jay Crowder for the Suns being a big X factor. Um, I guess if I had to pick another X factor for the Suns that's not Jay Crowder, I'd probably have to go with my UNC guy, Cameron Johnson, um, just because he's probably one of their most important players off the bench, just because, I mean, he's the best three-point shooter on the team. He's really good in transition, and he's got, you know, of larger physical stature where he can really um, help a lot when it comes to playmaking in both in transition offense and transition defense. Um, he can be a more physical presence. He obviously is going to have to help when he's on the court with the rebounding, because, you know, I know what the bucks are going to do. If Giannis can't play, then, um, you know, the bucks are still likely going to have a height advantage because they're going to probably have Bobby Portis out there with Brooke Lopez and yes, obviously the Suns have DeAndre Ayton, but you know having Portis and Lopez out there, they're going to command the boards um, while they're out on the court. So Cameron Johnson really needs to help. I'm not sure how well he's going to do against Portis, but you know with his larger stature and his physical prowess, he's going to have to help there. Um, then when it comes to the Bucks, I guess if I had to say the you know Zach said Middleton and Eric said Lopez, I'm probably going to go with Drew Holiday just because. You know, he has these games where he looks like, you know, he looks like an all-star and he, you know, is hitting everything. He's playing great both ends of the court. You know, he's fantastic, but he's just way too inconsistent. I know we've talked about this with all the Bucks players, but it seems like him more so than anyone else on this team is just more inconsistent. You know, he, he'll have stretches. You know, Middleton will usually have these things where he'll go like one good game, one bad game, you know, two good games, one bad game, something like that. Holiday is kind of like he'll have one good game and then like two or three bad games and then come back and have like another good game, which he kind of needs to cut. He needs to cut that down a lot. It needs to, you know, be maybe more on the along the lines of Middleton, because I wouldn't expect him to go out there and be, you know, Devin Booker or, you know, Steph Curry, like every game when it comes to, you know, being on it every game, just because he's not that level of player. But he needs to 
you know, get more on Middleton's level of inconsistency than being on his level of inconsistency. So especially for him, he's going to be important. You know, the Bucks without Giannis on the team and without, you know, that scoring threat, they need to really rely on their defense, which, you know, they were able to do against the Nets, especially in that game three when they won by like three points, but the score was like 86 to 83. They have to rely on this defense, and Drew Holiday is a great perimeter defender, so he's going to be charged with trying to defend Chris Paul, trying to defend Devin Booker, you know, and if he can keep them in check, then he can give the Bucks a chance to win this game because, you know, even if the Bucks are being inconsistent on offense, if they're keeping the Suns in check on the defensive side of the ball, then, you know, you're still in it as long, and then at some point, you know, someone can find their game and start hitting some shots, but the defense is going to be critical and Drew Holiday is really going to be the heart of that, given that, you know, the Suns, their strength is in the backcourt with Paul and Devin Booker. So, um, so I'm going to have to go through Holiday there. I guess if I had to pick a finals MVP, um, I'd probably go the same as Zach and pick Chris Paul. Like Zach said, he's got the sentimental vote going on here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone wants it to be him. Everyone wants him to get his title, you know, kind of like when Peyton Manning had his last, you know, in Super Bowl 50, like everyone wanted Peyton to win, like, you know, pretty well the only people that were probably rooting for the Panthers were Panthers fans. You know, everyone else was rooting for the Broncos. So um, I don't know if that's exactly going to be the case here, but, you know, everyone's going to be rooting for Chris Paul to do well, and I'm sure he will do well. Um, And I just don't see, like, Devin Booker would have to play out of his mind, in my opinion, and Paul would have to really struggle for Paul to not win finals MVP. Um, but like I said, if I hope it's going to be more competitive, but I just don't see like even if Giannis comes back, like he, like I said, he's just not going to be himself. He's probably just going to go down with another injury. We've seen it happen so many times, and it's just you know a little frustrating, I guess, from a fan's perspective. Like I obviously won't be upset if the Suns win or anything. Like you know they've never won a title. I like Chris Paul, you know all that stuff, but just the fact that you know we were talking about Chris Paul's legacy on the last podcast, you know, that I really feel like, yes, obviously this title will be, if he can get it, you know, who knows the bucks could come out and win it in five, two, you'd never say never. Um, but I feel like this isn't going to do much for his legacy in the sense that like, it's not that he's playing on a stacked team or anything. It's just that the Suns are literally in a way, almost having this title just handed to them just by the fact that they have benefited so much from the injuries in this playoffs. I mean, I think Eric went through and ran through the teams when we talked about this last time, but like, you know, they got to play against the Lakers when, with a hobbled AD who didn't even play in a couple of the games, you know, down the stretch there, you know, the Nuggets, they got to play against a Nuggets team without Jamal Murray the whole time, you know, they swept them. So I'll still say that was pretty impressive, you know, even without Jamal Murray, the fact that they swept the Nuggets, you know, they still had Jokic. So, um, that was pretty good. But then, obviously, they got the benefit of playing the Clippers without Kawhi. And then now you're getting to play the Bucks without Giannis. Like, you know, pretty well every team they've gone against has been without either their number one or number two player. You know, and even that number two player on the Nuggets was still a superstar in Jamal Murray. So, whereas the other three teams are, have literally been without their best player. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it would make it more even for me if, say, Devin Booker went down and then the Suns still managed to win. Then I would say that was probably pretty good for the Suns. But it's just a little annoying. It's like, you know, you want you want to see teams playing at their best. And clearly the Bucks are not at their best. And it's, you know, 
leading to, in what in my opinion, is going to be a walkover pretty much in this finals. It's not going to be as exciting as I think a lot of people thought it was originally going to be when everyone was healthy. Yeah, that's that's true. I still think um, I still think it's going to do a lot just because it'll uh, race the the choking narrative that he has. Oh, sure. You know, like it's yeah. And for all those times he lost in the conference finals or the second round, like to get a ring will like that will make it well all feel a lot better. It's funny because you talk about erasing the choking narrative. That would really be true if they didn't win this time, in my opinion. Yeah. And and also too, like if let's say Giannis comes back and and they and he's like a big reason why they win, that's huge for him too, because uh he's considered by a lot of people to be like the best regular season player but when you say best player everybody else would say like lebron or kd or someone like that you know so it's he's he's a two-time regular season mvp but he's never done it in the playoffs so if he were to come back and have a crazy series um that would do a lot to his resume he's already like a hall of famer like cp3 is but still it would add to their you know on their on the top, you know, twenty list of players of all time, sort of thing. They they go up on that that sort of list. Um, there's an interesting little trivia piece here, guys. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but somebody actually has already won the NBA Finals. Um, oh, I, I saw this. Or not. Actually, I, I do yeah. know this actually. <laughs> okay, Eric, do you know what I'm talking about here? I do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, <curious>. so <laughs> yeah, so. Tory Craig, guys, he started the season with the Bucks, and right now he he was traded to the Suns, so he's on the Suns team right now. So he is guaranteed a championship ring, no matter which team wins, because he was he was with the Bucks to start. So if the Bucks end up winning the season, he was a part of the Bucks championship team. If the Suns win, he's on them right now, so he gets the ring there. Hey. So. All right, and, congrats. And man. it says here in this article too, um <laughs> there is a meaningless mid-season trade uh of Craig the Phoenix for $110,000 in cash. Um and he was hardly played with Milwaukee, but he's been a contributor for Phoenix. So that's something too like that's a motivation thing. I mean, you better believe like Tory Craig is going to play his, play the most, you know, he's going to get he's going to play as best as he possibly can because he's going to want to prove to milwaukee like like see see this guys you traded me for cash and now i'm going to beat you in the final it wasn't even a lot of cash it was one hundred and ten thousand dollars. like that's the minimum too that's the minimum it reminds me of that uh 2k storyline where your guy got traded in the g league for like oh yeah like a copier and a year supply of sandwiches or something like that (laughs) from some printer yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well i think i read something too like you know it would be really interesting because obviously if the suns win like you know he'll be happy and he'll take the ring but you know i saw an interesting thing about you know wondering with him like if the bucks win like will he accept the ring like is he gonna you know <laughs> i would if i was him <laughs> i mean i mean i would but like you know it's just kind of one of those things like it's well weird, yeah. like is it really like i'm really this is my championship ring like for a team that i played 18 i think it was like 18 games he played for them and like and then got traded away for cash like this is my championship ring like i don't know i feel like it would leave a bad taste in my mouth it would it would be it would be hard to look at because if you look at it you're like 
you know, I didn't really earn this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I don't think that's ever happened before um, where a player was on a, a team that beat, beat his current team in the finals. That's in the same year. I mean, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that's going to wrap this episode up guys. Hopefully you enjoyed listening. Let us know on Twitter who you think will win the NBA finals, your X factor players, all of that jazz. You can find us on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport. And until then, guys, peace out. Oh, sorry. Be clutch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Zach is screwing up the outro. <laughs> Bye. Hey, it wasn't me this time. <laughs> <laughs> Please.